electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange, trying to put together another up Friday. Banks get some relief from uh, Thursday's pressure, or some optimism about the debt ceiling as well, even as that White House meeting was postponed into next week. Our roadmap begins with a macro picture. Those talks delayed. A Fed governor says more hikes might, in fact, be needed. Plus, Twitter has a new CEO. Elon Musk will be stepping down from that role. He'll still have lots of responsibilities at the company. And shares of Tesla, well, they're popping perhaps as a result ahead of the open. And we're going to keep watching the media space as well. Disney got a downgrade at Wolf. The stock, of course, very weak yesterday. And uh, we'll also talk about why Netflix is seeing its longest stock winning streak in nearly two years. Do want to start with that news? It's very close to home, of course, but also involves Twitter, a closely uh, watched private company. Of course, we can't confirm that Lindy Arcarino, who uh, runs advertising at NBC Universal, will be stepping down, or, or actually has stepped down from that uh, position, uh, and will be joining Twitter as its CEO. Something that was at least. Uh, Thought about as of yesterday because Mr. Musk tweeted something to the effect that he had found a new CEO who would be starting within six weeks. Uh, official announcement uh, should be forthcoming momentarily, guys. But basically, uh, she will be stepping down immediately uh, and then have some time and then begin at Twitter, apparently, not soon after. Uh, of course, the upfronts are coming up. Understanding is that they'll be handled by Mark Lazarus uh, at NBCU. And somebody will be moving into her position in an interim, on an interim basis. Uh, and now Twitter has a, a, a CEO, something that Mr. Musk had told us uh, some time back he was looking for, something we had reported on back in late December, at least, that he was actively trying to, uh, to find, although it, it did take some time uh, for him to settle on the right person. I think it's interesting, David, that he'd always been leaning towards having a technologist uh, and it had been run by technologists, and not, actually not that well. Uh, the one big thing that had been missing was the connection with advertisers. So you put a person who's advertising at the top, and he stays on as the technologist. Yeah, that's the plan. You know, we know from his recent interviews, of course, when he came in at Twitter, uh, the company was in a position to potentially, he said, be bankrupt in as little as four months, um, given its cash burn, given its interest costs, of course, as a result of the uh, leverage buyout that, that he undertook, taking on over $13 billion in debt. He has cut that dramatically, saying in that recent BBC interview, it's down to maybe even be profitable, um, obviously cutting staff from 7,800 to 1,500 people. Let's bring in uh, uh, Julia uh, Borston, who's obviously been following this story for us as well and has more Julia. 
David, NBC Universal officially announcing that Linda Yacarina will be leaving the company and that Mark Marshall is being named interim chairman, global advertising and partnerships. And he will be reporting up to Mark Lazarus, who's chairman of NBC Universal Television and Streaming. Um, now, uh, there are some statements in this release here from Mike Kavanaugh, president of Comcast, saying they're grateful for Linda's contributions during her 12-year tenure, wishing her the best. Uh, Linda Yaccarino saying it's been an honor to be part of this team um, and everything they've accomplished together. It's my understanding that she will be joining Twitter um, as CEO, and we're looking out for an announcement from, um, from Elon Musk, uh, who was together with her at a WPP conference earlier this week, but a big transition um, for, for, for Linda Yaccarino, who's been at CNBC's parent company, NBC Universal, for a dozen years. And just want to point out here, um, David, that this all does come ahead of the upfront ad sales period, which is a crucial period um, for the whole media industry, Linda Yacarino would have been the one to lead a big presentation that is scheduled for 10.30 a.m. on Monday morning in Manhattan. Now it looks like um, that's going to be led by Mark Marshall um, and by the rest of the people on Linda's team. And then, of course, this all builds up to the Cannes Advertising Festival that's in June, where a lot of those deals are made with major advertisers. So big transition. And then, of course, the question is, when will she start at Twitter? Will it be six weeks, which is what Elon Musk tweeted out yesterday? Um, or will it be sooner? Um, and will she be representing Twitter um, at the advertising festival in Cannes? And, of course, um, David will see um, what the, the vision is for, for Twitter under her leadership. Uh, yeah, uh, a couple of those questions I think I might be able to answer. My understanding is Lazarus actually will do the brief presentation at the upfronts and that um, the expectation is she will have to sit out for a bit so she gets to enjoy a few weeks off. So perhaps it will be as uh, little or as much as six weeks, Julia, before, um, you know, they don't want her necessarily yeah. working at Twitter I do think while the upfronts are going on. So my understanding yeah. is there will be a, a gap. She's no longer at NBC, but she won't be at Twitter it perhaps for the six weeks. But I do think that Mark Marshall, who's worked closely with Linda over the years, will have a presence at that presentation as well. This is where NBC Universal talks about all its content, all its advertising and targeting capabilities. So I think this is going to be an opportunity to showcase all of the team that Linda's gonna, ha Linda has been working with and that it's not just a, a one-woman show. Though she certainly yeah. has been um, leading the charge in terms of improving the technology capabilities, targeting and measurement of what NBC Universal offers. Right. Uh, thanks, Julia. Yeah, of course, Jim's going to be more interesting, perhaps, what she, as you said earlier, can accomplish at Twitter right. in terms of their focus on getting a lot of advertisers back on the platform. Um, well, can I and then the question, of, you know, also, does it mean that he has more time for Tesla, although that company seems to be pretty well managed at, at the moment, many right. would say, regardless of whether his attention has been perhaps uh, spread all, around uh, other places. I used to speak a great deal to the people who ran Twitter. Uh, and one of the things I always wanted to know is, could you do a big ad campaign, say with a big consumer product company in a way that they would like, or maybe a, company, a car company, maybe the kinds of exact companies that Linda Yaccarino was bringing into our company. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a very nice statement here that includes Mike Cavanaugh and Linda Yaccarino, it's very friendly, but uh, there's not that much money these days to go around to everybody. No. So philosophically, what happens if you were pursuing a very good deal for NBC? And, and uh, Elon Musk says, you know what, I like that deal for Twitter. Okay. Uh, but the, the, the upfronts will play out over the next 
Well, it'll be a slow, fairly slow process, my understanding. No, he doesn't. Um, but I think that is the intention of why you would want her to go to work immediately right. for Twitter if you're NBC. Right. But there's nothing in Garden Leave. Well, I believe there is going well, to be okay, or something along those to, lines. I don't I think, think it's in the uh, release. Well, it's just that Elon Musk is not like. I yeah. mean, Elon Musk is the kind of guy who might say, you know what? How, what have you been working on? I know. Of course. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't okay, he? good. I just wanted that yeah. clear because. They, all the problems at Twitter had been on exactly the kind of work that Linda Yaccarino would be doing. And Carl, as much as I love the people at Twitter, and I am a, I am a top 10 most hated people at Twitter, so I've gotten that from, from the previous CEO, which is not really something I, I, Putin, a little after me. Mm. But I, was, uh, I always was interested in what kind of campaign you could run. And they were never able to tackle exactly what she could do. So I think it's a very interesting moment for Twitter and for Linear networks. Yeah, it makes you wonder uh, what happens to the emphasis on subscriber growth, right? Twitter blue. Or is that $8 uh, incrementally less important? I, I really uh, Meantime, as for Tesla, uh, Webbush puts a number on it. They think this, is, this whole thing is worth about $15 to Tesla shares. That, 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 uh, that onus of his duties to I, Twitter that he can now focus on cars. Well, I, look, I, that's great. I mean, it, Talk about a dollar sign represented by a man. I mean, it's not like he was like billing billable hours, right? But I, I do think there are a lot of people who feel that if he were not doing rockets, Tesla would be hired. I mean, this is Musk. What you see is what you get. So I don't buy it. I think that what you, what Tesla is um, is about is recalls, good cars, big you know cars that are charged too much, and not about his time. Do you think I'm wrong, David? That- a distraction, the likes of Twitter, made it so that Tesla's not as valuable? I don't know. I mean, the market seemed to think so, although the stock obviously had a significant rebound a bit right. this year. Um, but that certainly was the concern last year. Well, yeah, I know. the end of the year, when the, once the acquisition closed in October. Well, I just don't think that as much as it's great that he's got a new CEO, I mean, I just don't think he's a person who just says, oh, I got a new CEO. I won't worry about that anymore. Right. He's Although, never been good at that. He's never been good at that. No, he's he's focused on a lot of things and works, as we all know, endless hours, as he would, as he's said in uh, any number of the interviews. But we do wish done. her well. It's just that I think um, that people who have worked for him have not. They don't work for. Him. They don't work with. Him. Um, but yeah, he is still the CEO of Tesla. Obviously, SpaceX. At SpaceX, they apparently have a very strong team that does their thing. Um, and well, then there's Neuralink and the Boring Company and so many, so many other things as well. It's really kind of but I think it's, it's remarkable. It's the reason we talk about this man endlessly because he I, is, as I said, the most consequential businessman on the planet. Right. I, I just yeah. Well, this what I'm trying to get. Let's forget the personalities for a second. You've got uh, some tools that Meta announced. This new sandbox, which yeah. the sandbox is brilliant. Okay. Because okay. It, and I'll tell you why in a second. But yeah. you've got everything is lining up for the web having better advertising capabilities than TV. And one of the things that, that this new tool from Meta can do is it basically can say, you know what, I want all the, every time I want to look up a person's name uh, in the 13 million pieces of data they get every second, it, did, did they like the color blue? People it's true. Mul- multiple versions of the same ad, text size, images. We don't have that in TV. We don't have that. Not yet. David, if people like the color blue, you're going to get a lot of blue ads. And it's like, it's like your brain. You figure your brain out. I always thought this would happen. What's the this? 
They know that if you like the color blue, you're going to get fed blue ads. Oh. So you're more than likely than to buy red ads. I see. It's worth billions of dollars. That actually leads us to some of the research we'll get to after the break, including this downgrade for Disney uh, and Fox, along with uh, Estee Lauder and some others. We'll talk about the debt ceiling. Plenty of news on AI today. Futures for the second week in a row. Pretty good on a Friday morning. More Squawk on the Street in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Disney, the biggest decliner again on the Dow so far this week, heard by news of the company's streaming sub-losses in Q2. Yesterday's 8% drop was the worst day since Iger's return as Disney CEO. And today, a wolf trims some operating income numbers, Jim, as they are increasingly skeptical, they say, about DTC profits. Well, I mean, look, I read this piece. Stock's down eight years ago. Let's not forget that. But I read this piece by Wolf, and it was like, well, I just listened to David Faber yesterday, and I better put out a report. Because what you were talking about, David, this notion of what's going to happen with linear uh, is the real existential threat. Uh, but it's almost as if parks are such an afterthought. Yeah. And I, it does bother me because at a certain level, we can talk about how strong Netflix is. And do we decide that Netflix is so strong that it doesn't need parks or it's so strong because it doesn't have linear? I mean, because if it doesn't have linear, I mean, could we look at a, a slimmed down Disney that's a parks company that has only uh, things that are profitable or is there just not enough things that are profitable away from uh, parks? There are not a lot of things that are profitable away from the parks right now. The idea is, of course, to get direct to consumer quite profitable as right. your, I mean, this has always been as your linear networks continue their, but that, uh, their but steady IP, and perhaps quickening never, decline. But you, know, you never see IP anymore in these pieces. No. But they have IP. Why is it even thought about? I don't know. I, you know, Jim, you mentioned this yesterday. You talked about it not being a good call. And after the show yesterday, I had a couple of conversations with people who certainly agree with you, sort of talking about what they felt was not great messaging on the conference call. And that's what we have to go with in terms of hearing from Bob Iger, because he yes. hasn't done an interview. Um, uh, and the Hulu um, reversal in a way, which which a lot of people sort of questioned. Yeah. Why wasn't there more behind that? It, it was real you know, time reversal. Sat down with me uh, uh, not that many months ago. Talked about not really focused on general mm -hmm. entertainment, and you really seem to be now you're integrating it with with Disney Plus. So there were some criticisms, I think, of the messaging on the call yesterday. You mentioned it as well, well or it, the it, call was two days ago, but people talking about. But it, it was more like like we're doing a call. So, what do you think about Hulu? I mean, there was this kind of very otherworldly aspect of the conference call. It was not, for a company that knows how to produce things, 
it was an unproduced conference call. It, yeah. It's almost like, well, I'm back. I don't know. Hulu seems good. Now it's good. So these are billion-dollar companies, the major company, and it just seemed like that they didn't know yet which way they um, going to go. Yeah, I, I, again, a, a, a couple of people did remark on that they because it was also right? unusual for Disney, which is typically, and my God, uh, Bob Iger is probably the single best communicator that there well, is. It's one of his great I gifts. I always thought their conference calls were like a really great show. And, Frozen. Uh, but instead it was a little more like, you know, Robin Williams Popeye, you know what I mean? Uh, Which me, I like, by the way. Meantime, you just like that? J.P. Morgan's out today. Their base case is that uh, ESPN begins feeding direct summer 24, which they think will accelerate the ecosystem-wide linear sub losses by about 3%. Well, they got it. This is just, things are happening way too fast in this world. And the court cutting's way, I mean, everything's happening at a speed that I, like, David, did you ever think anything would go at this speed? Well, I don't, we, we've known this is, you know, the, the real question, I think, is you know, you've always assumed it'll end at like 50 million homes. We're not near there. We're still well above. But now I think people are saying maybe it just keeps going. I know. It just goes right through that, just goes to 40 million. Who knows where it ends? And, uh, you know, that becomes uh, obviously a key question for profitability. By the way, the ad market is also not great. We just ended, we just were talking about the upfronts coming up. It's not the greatest time to be selling advertising either, and all these well, companies are but, dealing with with a, with a, a you, you know a more resistant ad market. All right, I'll tell you, if I worked at uh, Meta, I would say this is the best of times. There's no Charles Dickens to being an ad salesperson right now at Meta. They're just saying, okay, listen, we know of the 150 million people you're trying to reach, we know the 1,238,000 who will buy. What this is the this is the ultimate. David, way to be able to target people. And that's one of the reasons why Meta stock is where it is, is because it's a great time to be an advertiser. Uh, yeah, it's a, a double for the, the year to date. But you think there's valuation support here on Disney, I assume, uh, in the yeah, low well, 90s? Yeah, but they're not telling the story right. I mean, the valuation is you know, we have 42,300 characters who the world loves. Um, but, but we also lost a few people who are watching the NBA. I mean, you've got to change the dynamic here. You don't just talk about how, they've got to just start talking about how great they are. Get out of your heads, as my, my, my wife would say, she, she was one of them. Well, you get out of your head and talk about how great you are. They, they no. talked about how great we are. They started, the call was started by talking about. Uh, Super Mario? Yes, yeah, Super yeah, Mario. congratulated I, us. Congratulated that was us. Like, no. I mean, yeah, okay, you know when that was good? Andy Reid, after he had beaten the Eagles, he said, you know, I've got to tell you, before I get started, Eagles played a good game. But you see, they, the Kansas City Chiefs won. Like, you don't congratulate the other guy who won and beat us. I'm telling you, the conference call was like, like no other that I've ever seen Disney do. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. It was like I was waiting for the teacup. I was looking for Jerry Orbach to just save it. <laughs> right. Jerry Orbach could have saved oh, that. Rest ride. in Jerry peace. Orbach. Rest in yeah. peace. Triple, da- triple threat. Right, oh. he could dance, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, song and dance, man. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take one more look here at Futures. Back in a moment. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. (laughs) That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.
Welcome back. We've got about uh, seven minutes before we get started. Final trading session of the week. Thank you, Friday. Let's get to a mad dash. Talk about the largest market cap company on the planet, I believe. Right, bigger than whole country's markets. Correct. Now, Tony Saganetti is, is doing a piece, this very thoughtful piece, about how to value Apple. And the major problem with valuing Apple is, is that if you speak to Tim Cook, he, he really rebels at the notion that he's running a consumer packaged goods company. It, it's not Colgate. It's not Crest. It's a technology company. But because it's having some series of down numbers, no technology company can be bought if the stock is having down numbers. Right here, David, it is almost, if you view it as a consumer packaged goods play, it is so close to, to Clorox's valuation, it's like almost in your face. Now, see, the amazing thing is what he's saying is, look, if it's, if it's a consumer packaged goods company, it's one of the cheapest there is. But if it's a tech company, it's one of the most expensive. So what do you do? Tim Cook wants you to view it as a tech company. Uh, the streets viewing it as consumer packaged goods. If it's consumer packaged goods, then the stock can easily blow to 200. Because well, how, that's where that's well, where. All right, but what about your? Where? What do you view it as? I've decided that it's the greatest technology company that also is loved by the consumer. It's got 99% customer satisfaction. So what really it is is that, and you, I speak to the telephone companies, and what they tell you is is that when you buy, when they get in your hand, once you own one, you start layering on services that make it so that it's actually the greatest service story. Not consumer packaged goods and not tech. It's a it's a platform, the best platform to serve all the things they want. What about this move since the beginning of the year? I mean, is this sustainable, Jim? Okay, so this was the this was a, a very interesting philosophical moment. This is where we where people began to realize, you know what? Even though they don't have a new iteration, they are starting to tell a story of people just taking all our new products in Brazil, in Indonesia, Vietnam, they're opening. What people didn't realize is that, you know, you may focus, uh, fixate on China. We are going into a country of 1.4 billion people that only has 50 million phones, India, and they are building the infrastructure for our phones furiously overnight, like we built the rails in our country. India could be in three years the largest. I mean, that's how quickly it's going. Right. So, like, stop focusing on China. Start thinking about the other markets. And that's what they're talking about when you talk to them offline. And it's really encouraging. Got so it. this is the recognition that there are other countries besides China in the world. This was kind of like when you had the Mercator projection and Greenland was like this. Well, they've looked at the whole globe and figured out what to do. They're so much smarter than the rest of us. Okay. And they're fun. And they're, oh yeah. They're they a, are. They are a laugh riot. Uh, I'm not, that's not fair. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. Tim Cook, I've seen him dancing out there in front of stores. We've got an opening bell a few minutes away. By the way, don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Just about 60 seconds from the final opening bell of the week, Jim. You've been all over the debt ceiling negotiations postponed into next week, although the spin was that uh, staffs are making progress and that somehow this was a positive. You buy it? No. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, if you go back over the rhetoric, and I'm spending a lot of time on the, uh, there's a period of about six or seven days in 2011 where things got bad. At no point did you have the Republicans saying, you know what, Obama wants to default. It was almost verboten. You should not say that. You could say intransigent. You could say it's going to be hard to get a deal. 
but no one ever said the other side is pro-default. And I don't think, David, you meet with a consortium of bankers if you're the Treasury Secretary unless you're looking for a possible... What I keep hearing is they're just going to punt it to the fall. That's the most likely outcome. Well, punt meaning what? Because Meaning that then they twin it with the budget negotiations and both sides can at least sort of say, well, they got what they kind of wanted. Then we go at it again. Well, I mean, that just means that we're just, that means we're going to go into a recession because the mindset of America is that, remember, America cares about Social Security. They care about Medicare, okay? Well, when you when you get through that and defense spending, then there's very little left to actually deal with. It's like 10 percent of the well, budget. It's, you all, can actually it's, all, it's interest. I know. But, you know, there was a piece this morning uh, by Bank of America, what we heard from the thundering herd. And it, it basically just talked about is the dollar is the dollar going to be the reserve currency? My favorite one was basically should you buy gold coins and put them in your jacket? Now, they didn't say that. That's more of a 1930s phenomenon, David. Yeah. But said, should I add gold to my portfolio? This thing, this, these five questions are, okay, so there's a meteor headed toward Earth. Where should you hide? I read this and I got chills because what it really says is we're looking at something that no one has thought about, which is... What happens? Yeah, if I mean, down. speaking of B of A, Hartnett also this morning asks whether or not the real risk in June is another hike, not a default. We got another. <laughs> this is not a great time, okay? Uh, and, and the fact that there's only uh, that only Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, uh, Netflix, yep. and uh, uh, Meta are moving up is disturbing. You're talking people. about the sock gen stuff, right? I mean, yesterday the Nasdaq was up. But when I looked at the NASDAQ 100, there were five up, like a 95 down. I mean, you know, we're, David, we are not in a situation where it's just business as usual. And every one of these meetings, when they come out and meet the president or whatever, the level of antipathy, acrimony, is like nothing I've ever heard before. Well, it's reflective of our, of our hyper-partisan times. Right, but if you, you let's say you do Lawrence Tribe, foremost constitutional law, you scholar. Section says, 4 of the 14th says Amendment. Says you, you, you just say, look, yeah. I have to pay. That's what they, they, Then you go to the Supreme Court. Okay, so what are these days like? But, you gotta put but, your... Well, that's a good point. You know, it's and like, it's, it's been made by? to me. No, but by the way, even if they do invoke the 14th Amendment and pay, the markets apparently are not going to just say, oh, okay. The markets that, are still going to react. Right, well, that's a... Okay, so and, what's happened today? Should we buy... Is this the day we want to buy Proctor? Oh, no. This is the day where they argue in front of Chief Justice Roberts, and he seems to be leaning against... This is what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing what justices will go which way. And that is happening in real time, where at the same time, people are are downgrading um, Estee Lauder. And I don't really want to be able to figure out how to do Estee Lauder. At the same time, I'm trying to figure out where uh, Gorsuch is on this issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was discussion yesterday about permitting reform. Uh, Politico did say that at least the White House thinks that would give McCarthy enough cover. Don't You don't buy that either. You're no. really an alarmist on this stuff. Well, I just think that when both sides say the other guy wants to default and you know that no first-term sitting president 
uh, has ever won if there's a recession in their uh, uh, in their fourth right, year. Right, right. And you know the quickest way to cause a recession, as we saw from the October. Uh, the October drop in 2011 is that those stocks were all the cyclical stocks because people felt we had to go into recession because of how long the, the debt talks were. So, I mean, if you're looking at playbook and you're a hard right Republican, you're saying, look, you know what, we can, you're not thinking about the Republic, David, necessarily. You're thinking about, you know what, we got this one in the bag. Really, really quick, yeah, um, if all that's true, um, why has there been, in the words of Fundstrat last night, very little technical damage here at 4140? They're still looking at 4235. Goldman today does not change their low recession odds of 35%. Well, I, I think that, look, I'm, I, I don't want to present myself as a, as a true bear because I can be constructive, but I, I thought that yesterday was a very dispiriting day because we are now... This was one of the most narrow rallies I've I've come across, the NASDAQ rally. I just don't, I want to see, I need a little more clarity because I I, I saw Chuck Schumer, Senator Schumer, at at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. The level of confidence that he has about rolling the Republicans is is so, only matched by the level of confidence that McCarthy has about rolling the Democrats. And I just think that this, this used to be about trying to figure out how to make a deal. Now it's just trying to figure out who you can take down. And that's, David, that's not like business as usual. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I I just don't think you need to worry, Jim, because really we have a more than 50% chance that humanity is going to get wiped out anyway by AI. Thank God. Carla, I thought it might this, be uh, BCA piece. Yes. BCA I thought it might piece. be you were going to talk about the advanced decline line. BCA piece, and I'm not familiar, frankly, with the with the firm. Uh, yeah, I was talking to Santoli about it this morning. They've been around. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, Chat GPT and the curse of the second law. Just as the investment community and the broader public were blindsided by the exponential rising cases during the early days of the pandemic, they say they will be blindsided by how quickly AI transforms society and the economy. That got people's attention there. The safety risks around AI are huge, and we think there's more than a 50-50 chance it will wipe out all humanity by the middle of the I think century. it's you know, either unprecedented prosperity or, quote, we turn into paper clips. I saw that Colgate does well in that situation. Colgate does, <laughs> does. Yeah, that's a stock you want to buy in that. You do? Yeah. You the wanna, the you robots wanna, use it for their teeth? Well, it just, it just seems like, the, it just seems like under ChatGPT, it's Colgate. No, I mean, David, it, it, oh, look, we have a charter call game. Um, look, uh, Dave, I've, I've been dealing with people who are using ChatGPT right now to be able to destroy the competition. Yes. And it is, everything that you say is true. Yep. It is true. I mean, they, they can, you know, there's a great company called The Trade Desk. And they're going up against Alphabet. And they can tell you uh, uh, how to design a program that I think could eliminate maybe all of your advertising department. Oh, because they're all trying to figure out what to do, but it has the answer. Now, that's not, that's different from David where, what do they get? Do they get the code for the nuclear war? What are you saying they get? Who's the they here? I'm the, sorry, Jim. I'm saying, you, are you going for nuclear war? Where, what are you going for here? I, I don't, I'm not going for anything. Well, no, you can't wipe out half of humanity without some serious No, not half. Rate. Actually, they say all no, of humanity. It's a half chance. a percent. So you're talking half about, yeah, so you're talking about the stand. You're talking about the Lincoln Tunnel scene in the stand. That's where you're yeah. going. We're, it's not Captain Trips. It is some people who we assume are somewhat thoughtful talking about a phase transition 
uh, that is occurring, that humanity may be in the brink, on such, uh, a brink of such a phase transition. And if we survive it, by the way, the superintelligent AI, uh, the impact on growth could be comparable to what occurred during the agricultural revolution. However, there is at least a 50% chance that we won't survive it. I don't understand why you're having a hard time digesting this. Well, it's pretty simple. Well, it's hard to figure out. Now, I used to write obituaries, okay? It's hard to merge that obituary page and the business page. They're not alone in con- being concerned about the continued rise we, of AI and it won't necess- and the exponential growth of it. Can we just bring it back to, rather than have sure. this be a, sure. a biblical allegory or perhaps like maybe a religious class, Sure. can we just bring it back to the notion that that level of terror does not make you feel like going and paying 180 for Tesla? No, although it does mean I got about 20 good years left, so might as well enjoy the heck out of them. Life I'll is short. It. Your life is short thesis, Jim. Just That'll said. work. But yeah. what, look, you know, that long thing. Airbnb? <laughs> People are starting to worry about maybe they're long on money, short on time. They're starting to be short on money uh, because the Airbnb conference call was one about which just says, hey, they're kind of tapped out, kind of like Sonos, a little tapped out. David, the tapped out is the, is the thesis that's working for every. A lot of people are tapped out except for TAP. Well, Wilson, which I mean, is doing quite well. When you talk about tapped out, it's interesting the week we've had when we heard from Lucid and we heard from Fisker and we heard from Rivian. Um, because these are companies that consume so much capital and trying to get to right. profitability and make their uh, make get their automobiles out there. Uh, obviously, Rivian had a, a somewhat different story. They've been very successful in cutting costs more rapidly, right. perhaps some people had anticipated. Didn't change their production schedule. Also heard from Polestar, which is you know got Greeley and Volvo behind it, right. but nonetheless another much, entrant where again some disappointment there too. I think Polestar look great. Yeah, yeah. This month, the short hills more. Terrific. Um, David, can I just, if you, I, I, I want to go back to David's we're all going to die thesis, not like, not unlike Billy in that, tra- that seminal scene in The Predator when he's got the knife going over the bridge. Well, David, besides the world, take the knife out for a second. Did you see the numbers from Richemont? Uh, Richemont, no, I did not. Okay. I assume they were very strong, no, given so LVMH, the Chinese but I don't were not, know. They're not allowed to have mansions. They're not allowed to, the man. I don't know if you've been following the mansion situation in America. There's two mansions. There's like mansion in the center, and then there's like mansions. Well, there's mansion and mansions. Right. Yes. Okay. So in China, you can't show that you have a mansion, but you can show you have a watch. So Richemont and now and LVMH and Coach. Okay. Little. These are all doing well in China. Yes. How about this increasing bifurcation in China between the rich and the not rich? Not not unlike uh, 1946. You've you've been focused on it this week. I've heard you mention it a number of times. It's interesting to, to you know. Well, that's why uh, I think it was at least City this week that looked at the possibility of a policy rate cut in Q2 because they don't like a whole lot of uh, polarity in their income. This is why I think that if you want to ask, other than the fact that uh, David's Death Star thing, that uh, this is what I'm watching because. Uh, Estee Lauder's caught up in it because there they have to travel to get it. Wynn is caught up in it because the Macau numbers are good. Qualcomm, even Starbucks comps. I've got to tell you, if you go over Skyworks solutions, Xiaomi is selling very poorly. The poor in China did not seem to get money during this period. They're not, the poor got poorer. They are adopting a kind of an emergency. Well, their model. economy has slowed dramatically from but the its rich growth rates prior, prior to the pandemic. The rich are richer than ever in China. Is this and you're the, saying that's reflected in Richemont's numbers, LVMH's right. numbers, Coach, Coach, Tapestry's numbers. But is this what what President Xi was hoping for? No. 
I mean, if we were right now, let's say we were doing the Chinese squawk on the street, I think we would all be very puzzled. Well, you know, we'd say, well, how about the regular I, I think we'd, I think most of it would just it be, should be bleeped. black. <laughs> yes. Yeah, be censored. So but, well, let's you know, just be thankful. Be worried, where does Nike fit in? I don't know. That's, That's another a good one. question. I'm, where does Nike fit in, Jim? I've been puzzling over this because I've never seen China in our, since Nixon went to China, um, where he went to that famous museum of the, of the little pieces of sculpture and asked Joe and Lai, check everybody's pockets on the way out. That Nixon was class, huh? Hey, check the pockets of these people. Um, not since that particular <laughs> trip to that museum have I seen more concern about where our relations with China since the since uh, ping pong. Yeah. Jim, I know I, you've been doing some work on, on Lyft and this new CEO, David Risher, who you'll have on Mad yes. tonight. Yes. You want to take a piece of, you want to take a sneak peek? Yeah, this is exciting. This is a man who's a formidable competitor to Dara. So let's take a look at this one. All right. Well, this is, you know, not only that. One of the things that I think you've immediately just is a terror point for all of us, mm. which is the airport. Yeah. There is that moment, and I think all of us experience it, with, are we calling the wrong time? Are we in the right place? What, it is just, and you're in a foreign city, yeah. that you may think that the whole trip is going to go awry yeah. because of that seven to ten minutes. You're addressing that choke point. We are, yeah. It's so interesting you say this. Look, travel is beautiful. It's how you get out. It's how you explore the world. You get out of your own bubble. But there's some stressors. And think about it. Every time you travel, you go to the airport, you leave the airport. Those are never fun. So we just launched yesterday a new feature. It's called pre-order. It's got such a simple name. But here's what happens. Plane touches down. As soon as the wheels hit the ground and you open your Lyft app, we'll say, do you have baggage or no? If you don't, you hit go. And by the time you get to the curb, your car will be there. And if you do have baggage, no problem. We'll get it set up. And then when you pick your bags up, boom, by the time you get to the curb, the car's there. This is really important because what they're trying to do is change the face of Lyft. From the moment you land in a town, once you go into a town and you use Lyft, you might stay with Lyft. Now, I don't know if you go to the new LaGuardia. The new LaGuardia but, is beautiful. But you, you can go, you, you gate 75, it takes you six minutes to get to the carousel. That's six minutes of turn. Do I call, do I call Uber now? I Should agree. I call Uber? No, you're, usually you're outside waiting because you can't do it then. You don't know exactly what pillar you're going to be at, right. what your number is going to be. Well, these guys have a plan. I and like it. I think I want to try it. I, I like think it. that Richers, who, by the way, helped build Amazon into the retail yeah. company that it was, and also solved, solve, by the way, uh, literacy. 20 million people he taught to read in China. What's going to I mean, stop in, in Uber Africa, from adopting Africa. their plan? I was going to say, Richard thinks they can get to well, share in the mid-30s, maybe even 40s. Uh, Bernstein today, this feels challenging given Uber's scale and breadth. Don't underestimate this man. Someone who teaches 20 million people how to read in Africa after building Amazon into the retail, help building into the retail power and working at Microsoft, I don't want him as my enemy. Huh. That is a bad enemy. I mean, Dara is cool as all get out. This guy's not cool. He's great. Wow. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know anything about his background. It's interesting. His background is extraordinary. I mean, this guy, he's either going to get the Nobel Peace Prize or beat the numbers. Maybe you'll, maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe both. That's I know my cousin won the Nobel Peace Prize. It, it, no did, kidding. it did nothing to his numbers. No, nothing for his no. numbers. His numbers. No, I, I, he had a bad quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so you downgraded him, even though he won the Nobel Peace oh, Prize. Oh man, I, I, I took him to a cell. I mean, you know, he's so full of himself. Um, 
pretty defensive stance, although a little bit of energy uh, at the top here. By the way, oil's on pace for four weeks down. Oh, my God. Grand Home set to refill or start trying to refill in June. Do we June. believe there is that? Uh, I think that they feel that there's so much oil. Why do we even need an SPR? Uh, I actually think that that's true. The drilling companies and service companies are in almost in major bear market mode uh, because people just feel that it, it is uh, a bad time to drill. Um, these companies, they're all trying to conserve cash. No one's liking that strategy either. No one likes the stocks because the price of oil keeps going down. Makes sense. No, and they continue to return cash to shareholders. They are, listen, we're at highs in production in the country. We are, right? We're back to 12 million, aren't we? We can I mean, do 13. Kildoff was saying we this can the do other 13. day. Yeah. We can do 13, but we can't do 15. Not yet. And we're 15? growing 2 to 3%. Have we talked about doing 15? Well, one time, if you use the old trend lines, people thought we could. The trend line now is 2 3% growth. A lot of people thought we could do 10% growth. You think there's that kind of demand to support that kind well, of supply? I, I, I actually thought that that we would have, um, I, di- I didn't think that we would have cars that use so little gasoline, EV matters right now. It does. It's only uh, going to make more of a difference in terms right. of as the fleet changes over, it's going right. to reduce gasoline demand. I mean, even uh, the, Fed, over time. the Fed official yesterday said climate is not that important that the Fed needs to adopt it as a priority. Did you see that well, yesterday? Look, who thought that the Russians would be pumping furiously uh, and that the Chinese would, would take it and India's taking it? I mean, we have a, you know, we have a bifurcated oil market right now. The Russians, which, by the way, uh, had equal amount of oil to us in, in 1902, obviously have far more oil than us now. Think about that. They have far more oil than we have. But they Their fields are better. Yeah, but they can't get at a lot of it. No, because they need they need the old they need SLB to come in there. Now yeah. at a certain point SLB and the others that have great technology are going to be need to be called on, but right now they are just flooding the world. We don't talk about Russia nearly enough in terms of what's going on with the We haven't talked about the war energy, in quite some time, which is obviously in still a concern. Well, Escalation food is, still, is still a concern. The reason why food is still up is, frankly, when you talk to these companies and you're furious at them for raising food prices, they just well Ukraine. I said, bas- bread basket. No, no, Ukraine is why that, you know, Powell's fighting Ukraine. He's fighting the fact that people have low re- low interest mortgages. He's got so many things. He's trying so hard. David, can't we just all say something good about him? About who? Powell. Every billionaire comes on this network and acts as if that, that guy is just some sort of hack. Billionaires, you know, billionaires are people too. I think he has a very soothing voice. Always like listening to him. I think he's doing a great job. All right. We didn't really mention regionals uh, in this entire show. Thank you. With the KRE up a better than West. half a percent. I tried to get Jason Robbins again on DraftKings. They can't even make a line on Pack West. What can they make a line on? The Sixers? Yes. The Sixers. That it's was time the to make lines on Pack West. There's a bunch of them you can make lines on, Dave. Mm. It probably, you can't do it. You know, you have to do it. You know, it's not public. I see. It's right. Yeah, it's called, it's called the derivatives market. Fairly stable open here. Dow's up 37. S&P's up about eight. Quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club, or you can use the QR code on your screen. As for bonds, um, we'll get to you, Mish, today. Uh, and the front end getting a little love. Uh, 3.9 on the two-year, but the 10-year back to 3.38. Don't go anywhere. Walmart earnings next week, awfully close to the highs of the year. Today, Deutsche names it a top pick going into earnings. 
pretty much keeping pace with the S&P. Walmart Plus, 20 million people. Yeah. Very, very close. since the last quarter. Yeah. Very close attention to the e-commerce element uh, when we get numbers next week. Dow's up 52 and Stop Trading with Jim is next. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. We have had the fallout of the uh, Bed Bath & Beyond collapse uh, really inflect. In- inflect for any company ship, but there's a piece today by TD Callum which says, look out, TJX next week, the charitable trust name, uh, is going to benefit, and they do believe, reports 517, that this is the one you want to buy. The stock has been treading water. I've been waiting for this call, because remember, there was $5 billion in revenues up for grabs from Bed Bath, and they're saying that they have the best. I had thought it was going to be Target. This piece says, that it's TJX that has the most to, to gain. So let's watch that because we forget when a big, a big retail like that goes under, there's a lot of merchandise. Yeah, it goes into Shared donation is what it's all donation. about. So watch this come. It is the best in the industry. Uh, the off price has just been okay. All retail has been really challenged. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about it next week. How about tonight, in addition to Lyft? Well, I just, you know, that's kind of my major focus. Yep. I, I do feel, by the way, that this man, who is a great humanitarian, we should talk about people like that, business, but he was. I mean, he left business to go teach people how to read in Africa. And he's come back because this is a challenge that he really wants to win. And that's why I say if I were Dara, I would say, you know what, I feel a little Sonny Liston-like. Really? Yeah. Are you saying this guy's Ali? One of my heroes. It's my commencement speaker. <laughs> Fascinating. Imagine he was my commencement speaker. One of the greatest days of my life, go listen. I, I remember that story, yes. One of the most amazing men ever. Jim, good weekend. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time with a pretty steady open here. S&P up about nine. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.